Hello and welcome to Saving Animals with Blank Park Zoo. I'm Ryan Bickle. On today's show, we have two uh, very special guests with us. We have Shawnee Babu and Lou Keeley. They are both large mammal keepers here at Blank Park Zoo. Lou actually is the supervisor in the area. So thanks for joining us, both of you. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. And we're gonna we're gonna touch on a lot of topics today and and uh, learn about the large mammals. Uh, when we talk about large mammals uh, at Blank Park Zoo, we're talking about you know rhinos, giraffe, uh, the Watusi, the big African hoofstock, um, and those animals there. So um, a lot of uh, things been going on in that area of the zoo this year. Um, but first, let's, let's get to know our guests. So, Shalini, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what did you do before you came to Blank Park Zoo? Yeah, so um, I was more or less born and raised in the East Coast, and I got a bachelor degree in biology from University of Sciences in Philadelphia. And it was probably my junior year of college where I seriously started thinking about zookeeping. And um, a little after that, I started getting internships around either Philly Zoo, um, a zoo in Tampa, and kind of made my way around a little bit in the south and slowly to the Midwest. Um, Before here, I was in Kansas working giraffes and elephants. And when I wanted a full-time position working hoofstock, I started applying and Blank Park Zoo caught my eyes when they had their two black rhinos, and I thought it would be pretty awesome to work with them. And here I am today. Three years later, I still love what I do. All right. That's great. (laughs) And uh, what got you interested in in animals before college? I guess I've always just had an appreciation for animals, and I would say the larger animals came to me visiting my um, family abroad in India just Seeing an elephant for the first time, I think, really solidified this is exactly what I want to get into. And then from there, it was like, I want to work mammals and give me the biggest ones you have. (laughs) 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 And uh, Lou, uh, tell tell us uh, what you did before you got here at Blank Park Zoo. So before the zoo, like Shannon, I bounced around at a lot of different zoos. Um, So again, started off as an intern at Brookfield Zoo in Chicago. So I'm from Chicago, born and raised. Uh, working hoofstock, large mammals there. Um, and then I ba- bounced around Brookfield Zoo a little bit. I worked in their kids' zoo, all their domestics. Came back, worked uh, giraffe, okapi over there. After that, went to Nyabi Zoo as a full-time keeper, where it was pretty cool working the whole entire zoo. It was a small kind of zoo, so I worked reptiles one day, big cats the next uh, type thing. And right after that, I came here to Blank Park Zoo, really to work with the rhinos. That's been one of my big career goals, uh, is to work with rhinos. So that was great when that new exhibit opened up and I got the opportunity to come here. I've been here for almost six years now. Uh, it's it's uh, been a lot of fun opening up the rhino exhibit, and you've been here since the beginning of the rhinos, if I remember right. And uh, yeah. um, tell us, how did you get inter- interested in uh, zookeeping as a profession and animal conservation? So I'm kind of a zoo success story. You know, growing up in Chicago, there's not a lot of wilderness around. Um, So I always grew up going to the zoo, and that's I always loved doing it. That's where I always wanted to go as a kid, and I just loved being around the animals, and and that kind of sparked my interest in this career, and here I am. All right. And you spent some time uh, in Africa before you came to Blank Park Zoo, if I remember right. Yeah, so part of my graduate degree, I did an internship uh, at a zoo in South Africa in the capital Pretoria, where I lived in the zoo for three months and uh, got to work and, you know, 
gain experience for all aspects of um, the zoo crew. So I did horticulture and all animal areas, all that stuff, and then got to spend some time at Kruger National Park. So that was a great, great experience. All right. And Shalini, um, when people think of zookeeping, probably a couple things come to mind, but maybe tell us something unexpected or, or something the average person doesn't know about zookeeping. Hmm. Well, zookeeping is definitely a lot of cleaning. That's going to be majority of the time that we spend is going to be in those barns. Um, I would say a lot of the training that comes with it as well, and just getting to know your animals and interacting with them every day to be able to have that strong bond for training. And um, we kind of do it all. We, we're the ones behind the scenes doing all the cleaning, um, training for all the vet procedures or daily care procedures, um, and kind of trying to educate the public as well um, with the little keeper chats and everything like that. Um, we do have some interaction, personal interactions with the animals as well, but, I mean, it's always going to be through a protected contact um, situation. But I think we're all around. I think a lot of people don't know that we kind of have to do it all or more or less. Um, everything we can do, we'll try and accomplish. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I see you guys up in the shop, uh, you know, working a saw or a drill or something like mm -hmm. that. And, uh, you know, it's a little, uh, you know, maybe you're making enrichment items or something like that. Well, you want to talk about that, Lou? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're trained to make enrichment items and everything. Uh, a lot of the, what we do as a small zoo, especially, we don't have a big staff to create all these things for us. So our keepers are going out and making enrichment items, doing all these things to help improve the welfare of our animals here, keep them busy uh, with these items. Also, our team, we run, you know, a skid loader, a bobcat um, to haul waste away. So, you know, that waste has to go somewhere that our animals, you know, uh, produce. So keepers are hauling waste away, whether from a, a skid loader or got gators hauling poop out and <laughs> in our little flatbeds and going. So yeah. that's something we have to take care of for sure. Uh, tell me, you know, you talked a little bit about training. Tell me some of the training things that you do and why you do them. Yeah, um, training is extremely important, especially in our zoo setting. Um, training animals decreases stress on their end and both our end. If um, majority of all the training that we do is for veterinary procedures, when you're talking about a large animal like a giraffe or a rhino, the last resort would be um, kind of like to sedate them to be able to either get medication in them or vaccines, vaccinations or basic um, footwork or hoof trims. Um, so we'll train for all of that. We'll train f to look at their feet. Um, we'll train for blood work and vaccinations. And we actually go through all the processes that, or we kind of set up the situation. Um, so when the day comes that a vet has to come in with the big x-ray machine or um, actual needles and stuff, all the animals are already used to that and decent to that. We'll kind of work our way up to that um, so they are very comfortable. And majority of all our animals, um, they are voluntary, voluntarily um, able to stand there for blood work, um, vaccinations, and then with our rhino, Ayana, she will stand for an ultrasound, trans abdominal and rectal <laughs> ultrasound um, because she, you know, because of the training that we do and 
we don't have to do um, a whole lot of extra um, medication or anything like that for them to be comfortable during those settings. Yeah, and and it's amazing um, some of the things that you guys have been able to do. And whenever we can do some of those procedures where we don't have to uh, anesthetize the animal, why that's a lot healthier for the animal, right, Lou? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot of complications by, you know, fully sedating an animal. Um, a lot of side effects that we'd rather just avoid completely. So what Chalani was saying, you know, we're preparing that animal for whatever, you know, we need to do. And we could do it much safer, uh, much less stress on the animal. So that's what we strive to do with our big training programs here at the zoo. And talk about anesthetizing an animal um, earlier this summer. Uh, Zuri the giraffe could uh, Shawnee you just walk us through what Zuri was experiencing you know the past uh, couple of months and which led us um, to have the decision to do a, a big procedure yeah so um, she had a major issue with her foot there was um, a few fractures and sometimes it is common even in the wild for giraffes to have those kind of fractures um, in their feet but you know we've noticed a certain lameness while she was walking and swelling and all the minor um, hoof trims that we were able to do which is basically having her put her foot on a block and us using a rasp that a farrier would use on horses or cattle um, we realized we needed to kind of go and take that extra step with a bigger machine and we did try our best to um, get her used to that loud noise and the machines but we realized you know she she was a little freaked out by it and you know we had to use a grinder and a lot of times you know that could get loud and scary so we kind of messed around with a few ideas but ultimately we kind of had to um, make the call and completely immobilize her which is full sedation to successfully be able to correct that foot it, um, you know, it is painful to be walking and the way the foot was growing, just like kind of like our fingernails grow and we kind of have to trim those down as well. Letting them grow too much um, could create an issue, especially when your most of your weight is going to be carried on those feet as well. So we knew we had to intervene um, and she really surprised us with how well um, the entire procedure went and how quickly she kind of bounced back up. And um, she has been doing well since then. Um, and just um, you could just tell with the, um, just the pictures and how her foot looked before and after how much um, of the actual foot needed to be taken off um, from it. I think we got like three inches off and it was just very hard to do while she was awake. We uh, we tried even doing a standing sedation, but at that point, all her weight was just on that foot, so we couldn't really move it. Um, so this was a last resort, um, but it went really well. So we're really glad about that. And, and Lou, uh, another point about this uh, sedation we did uh, with Zuri was they they tried some stem cell therapy. Do you, could you? Fill us in a little bit about that. Yeah, so we had someone come in from, uh, I think it was Colorado State University. Um, So stem cells has only been used on a giraffe uh, in one occasion prior to Zuri. Uh, So what they do, um, they collect these stem cells, and they were from a baby giraffe that was born in Cheyenne Mountains. I think they took it from her umbilicus and the placenta, um, where they, they... they kind of harvest these stem cells. Right, yeah. And so with Suri, um, when she was immobilized and on the ground, uh, 
they pretty much injected it right into the site, you know, uh, that problem foot that they were, that we were working on. And that helps, you know, in the long term to bring down a lot of that inflammation that we were seeing in that joint and in that area. And they also kind of put the stem cells directly into the bloodstream as well to kind of help um, with her kind of long term bouncing back with her therapy. And we've been seeing great results from it. So it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's really great to hear because Zuri is not a young giraffe by any means, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Um, so when we did this procedure, she was 23 years old. And so when you put that in, let's say, human terms, yeah. uh, she might be in her 60s. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so she's no spring chicken at that time. Um, and to do a procedure like we did with Zuri at that age is risky. Um, and like Shalini was saying, it's it was kind of the last resort for us, but everything went well. Um, there was a lot of folks down from ISU who we work with closely, a lot sure, of vets. Yeah. Um and everything went real well. It was a great team effort from keeper staff to vet staff from all of our outside partners. It was really wonderful. Yeah, we were watching in the office uh, via remote video, mm-hmm. and when it was time for Zuri to get up, she just sort of popped up and and woke up, and bam, she was on her feet like <laughs> that. It was uh, almost amazing. And that's yeah. where things can go wrong is yeah. when they pop up and they mm-hmm. don't pop up. Right. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it's a big yeah. sigh of relief when, when she was up and Yeah, steady. we were just all by the window. We, you know, we gave her her space while she was in her stall, and we are just standing there by the window like, okay, this is it. She's going to try to get up. And we were just shocked how quickly she got up. We were expecting her to maybe go down a little and then come back up, and then she was up, and she's like, oh, you know, like, completely okay after that which was incredible Uh, that's really cool now uh one of the other fun things uh being working at the zoo is always to hear about zoo babies and uh you guys have had some babies in uh large mammal land this uh year and so lou take us through some of the babies we've had yeah it's been a good 2018 uh six babies in our team born um so we've had three addicts addicts which is a critically endangered species of antelope um from northern africa and they're Uh, basically extinct in the wild almost there the last time they went out looking i think they actually seen three addicts Mm -hmm. (laughs) out in the wild which is crazy of course you can't you know find all of them or you know right. search everywhere but so the three that we've had born here are great great for the species um zoos have done a a great job with helping you know i think the way we're going to go is reintroducing addicts back into the wild and a lot of those animals will come from zoos or wildlife uh reserves here in the states or or, or elsewhere um so that's great to be a part of that um as well so three little calves doing great we had a common eland born so we've had a lot of eland births over the years so that's the the largest antelope species that you could see out yeah this was the first uh, eland birth that uh we had while she was outside uh during the middle of the day right during the middle of the day it was on facebook live facebook live yeah it was probably the first phone out yeah yeah putting it on facebook live i'm just gonna say it It was probably the first common eland birth on facebook live and we did it (laughs) it could be that's blank park zoo you know (laughs) paving the way so yeah the addicts common eland and we had one more baby johnny what do we have we had three more babies 
little Slenderhorn gazelles. gazelles. Yeah, yeah. two so, of them. So when you go out and uh, check out our giraffe yard, you see the giraffe together with the addicts and our Slenderhorn gazelles. And they're really fun to look at bouncing around. They'll they bounce around. They're the little guys. So we had two gazelles born, a male and a female, doing great. So those were a first for us yeah. here. Um, mm-hmm. First time breeding those little guys, and they're doing great. That's an endangered species. Again, from northern Africa, very desert-adapted yeah. animals, which you think may not do well in Iowa, <laughs> in the Midwest. Yeah. But, you know, being from the desert, they can really, really withstand these severe temperature kind of swings that they get in the, in the desert. It's really hot in the day, really cold at night. Um, so they're, they're pretty hardy animals, and they do pretty well here in Iowa. You know, it, it's funny. Sometimes we always talk about animals that can be really... Uh, well adapted to Iowa, mm-hmm. and we go uh, for the Bactrian camels, and they're from from a desert region, and and you're talking about the slenderhorn gazelles from a desert region, and, and yet Iowa is not a desert. It is not. But we I, have I, those same extremes, looked, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyone, yeah, went through this summer, but yeah, especially with the camels. But that you know, when we're looking to acquire new species or, or that, we look at what's going to thrive in Iowa, yeah. what's going to do well in our climate, and I think that really helps with our success mm-hmm. moving forward with those guys. So, so we've talked about babies, and so maybe we can shift to a section of. Uh, Africa that has not been available for viewing this year, and that is uh, the Watusi cattle. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite name of uh, animal in <laughs> You like the dance. In Africa. I'm, I'm the sure Watusi like is a dance. It's a, it's a cattle, and they have really long horns, mm-hmm. which are fun to watch, especially when they have to go through a doorway. They know how to navigate that doorway with their horns which I think is just amazing. Shalini, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about uh, why the Watusi have not been uh, out in their outdoor yard uh, this year. And uh, uh, tell us about the future of the Watusi. Yeah, so the Watusi cattle are definitely ready to be outside. They like to remind us every day that they need to be outside. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> But, yeah, it is really exciting because we are building a brand-new barn for them, and they'll have their own space. And the yard that you guys are probably seeing the Watusi cattle in will be still their yard, but now they'll be able to directly go into their own little barn area. So they're housed in the old giraffe barn right now, Um, and we're hoping by the fall or so um, they should be able to be in their new barn but we're excited to get them out there and for them to explore their new area. Um, but, yeah, so that's new with the Watusi. Yeah, that's a pretty major upgrade for the Watusi, their holding oh, yeah. area and everything, right. isn't mm-hmm. it? So the other thing with that barn is the ostrich are going to be moved down there. Yeah. And they'll be sharing the yard with the Watusi. And we're also going to be acquiring another species, um, which a lot of people have been asking about is zebra. Zebra, I think Ta-da. after... After elephants are the next <laughs> highest on the list species of, uh, could you get those for Blank Park Zoo? Maybe bears might be in there, but Ooh. zebra are on the list. And every once in a while you hear about a, a zoo in a, in a third world country that uh, gets real creative in, in how to get zebra, but these are actual zebra we have uh, <laughs> coming to Blank Park Zoo. 
Absolutely. So we're getting this species of zebra called Hartman's Mountain Zebra. Okay. So again, another desert kind of adapted type species. Um, so they could handle the cold real well. They do well around other animals. So they'll share the yard with the Watusi and the ostrich. Yeah. Um, so we really like to do these mixed species yeah. kind of habitats um, like the giraffe and the addicts and such. And if you can get them all to get along, that's, mm-hmm. that's the key, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, I think it enriches their lives when they're out there interacting with the other species. Um, which is fantastic. And, you know, space is kind of a, a limiting factor with what kind of number of animals you could have at the zoo, right, how much yeah. breeding you can do. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you can share exhibits like that, um, it creates a lot more space, yeah. you know, for these guys. So and, it's really a win-win. And you did mention the ostrich are going to move over there, and that's going to give the eland more space, right? Eland more space. Yeah. Um, we might even be able to hold some more slenderhorn gazelle um, for breeding-type okay. situations, yeah. too. So, yeah, we got we got some kind of leeway um, with those new barn spaces opening. And then speaking of uh, zebra stripes, there's another animal out there, not not related to a zebra, more related to a giraffe that we uh, got in this year. That's uh, probably the one of the cooler critters that uh, people like. Um, tell us about uh, the okapi, Shawnee. Yeah, so we have our handsome man, Kodomo, out there. He came to us from Oklahoma City Zoo. And he's a really cool animal. I've only seen Okapi at zoos. I've never even worked with them. And working with them has definitely been super interesting to me. And you'll see him out with the Niala. Um, and he's on his own right now. And he's got the butt of a zebra and like cut the body of almost like a little shiny horse. Um, but um, he feels like velvet. He's really soft. He loves scratches in his ears. So he's really crazy about that. And then um, he's a very laid-back animal, um, so we're able to kind of um, do a little bit, hopefully do a little bit more training in the wintertime with him as well. And these guys um, originate from kind of Central Africa, Congo area. Um, they live in the rainforest, so they'll we give them kind of like produce and little vegetation and things like that as well. But... Um, Pretty much, yeah, they're the only kind of relatives to the giraffe, and you'll see their purple tongue out there as well, just like the giraffes. Um, and these guys are endangered right now, and it's mainly due to kind of like the lumbering industry going in and taking down trees to get a certain mineral for batteries. Um, so having him as an ambassador species here is pretty amazing, not only for his species, but definitely just the ecosystem in general of what's going on um in africa yeah and so we always want to bring it back and uh, say you know to our listeners how can uh, we help uh, animals and one of the things that we're doing here at blank park zoo is we're collecting cell phones because cell phones contain that mineral i think the mineral is called coltan ore and uh the the more that we can decrease the uh, demand for that coltan, um, the more habitat uh, okapi have and gorilla have. And so uh, if we can recycle our cell phones to help out okapi, well, that's an easy thing to do. And we have made it even easier. So when you drop by Blank Park Zoo, you can drop off that old flip phone you have. Or uh, if you have an old iPhone or something like that, we can take that too. But um, just 
go ahead and uh, bring that to the zoo, and we'll make sure it gets to the proper people to recycle um, those uh, uh, components and raise a little money for conservation. So, uh, Lou, let's talk a, a little bit more. Maybe we can shift gears and talk about our rhinos here at Blank Park Zoo and some of the fun things that... Um, our rhinos have been doing this summer. They don't do anything fun ever. <laughs> they never do no, anything fun? No. No? No personality to those guys. What's <laughs> No. Totally kidding. Rhinos. Me and Shani, we're the rhino lovers here at yes. the zoo. Hardcore. <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> so we're some of their uh, primary trainers as well. So I train Keanu, I, mm-hmm. our male, and Shani trains our female, Ayana, which is great. So... Uh, Right now, we're we're just watching Tumani grow up, uh, which is great. Just she's she's still hanging around her mom, Ayana. You can see him on exhibit um, every day, and uh, they pretty much mirror. Or Tumani mirrors everything that Ayana does. So when they're sleeping, she's sleeping, eating, she's eating. Um, so it's fun. It's fun watching her play around mom um, and doing everything a little rhino should be doing. So with Tumani, our first rhino born here in Iowa and at Blank Park Zoo, it's been really fun to watch that little one grow up and the young woman she's become today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone always searches for the baby and everyone thinks that's just another adult because that's how big this baby is. Yeah. Well, do you know how uh, how big she is now? She's like close to like... 1,600, 1,700 pounds. 1,700 pounds. And when she was born, how much did she weigh, Lou? 80 pounds. 80 <laughs> pounds. And on her first birthday, she was, what, about 1,000 pounds, yeah. right? Something yeah, around there. Yeah. So she's coming up on year number two this fall. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, she's going to go somewhere else. Do we have any plans yet? or uh, There's no plans know, at no, the moment. No plans at the moment. But it, it will be coming soon. Um, so in zoos, you know, we tend to put little baby rhinos in another breeding situation in a different zoo around two to three years of age. And that mirrors what we see in the wild um, with black rhinos, where um, usually around two to three years, mom's probably bred again and ready to give birth. So they'll kind of kick away that previous offspring. So we'll probably start seeing that. But uh, the SSP coordinator um, will give us an idea of where Tumani will be headed to. And like we were talking about with training earlier, a rhino has to get somewhere somehow. Um, and so they go into crates, these big fortified crates, which we own one here at the zoo, where Tumani will be trained to go in voluntarily. Um, she'll probably eat in there and such, all good good things, um, to make the trip as easy and as stress-free as possible. Yeah, and it's it's quite a ordeal to... Uh... Get get a rhino loaded and, and unloaded, and uh, it's uh, always a fun uh, fun few days to sure. figure all that stuff out. Um, as far as uh, uh, rhinos and training and enrichment, tell us what you think their favorite enrichment item is. I would say um, the huge boomer balls we have. Yeah. They, I think all three of them really like mounting themselves on them. Yeah, I've and seen rolling that. around yeah. on it. Yeah, anything they could climb and get on top of, I think they really enjoy. And they're also quite the Picasso painters, right? <laughs> right. Uh, all three of the rhinos are trained to paint, so they'll use their upper prehensile lip. Um, so we put a little dab of paint on a canvas. We ask paint. And then they move their lip around, swirling around the canvas uh, to their little heart's desire. And then they get reinforced <laughs> with it with produce, something that they love. Right, so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we sell those in our gift shop, and other times you can buy them at our, 
our fundraiser uh, galas like Zubilation. And Absolutely, people that love sort of them. Thing. Yeah. yeah, they're fantastic. You have a an original by Tumani, and uh, there you go. Fun so. fact: I don't own myself a, a rhino painting. Well, you need to get. I on know. That. I you, should. You should yeah. have one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So then, then uh, once Tumani leaves, you're hoping for another baby sometime, I'm bet. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we want to keep breeding them and breeding them. Uh, research has shown, um, this is a very scientific term, but if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> so if you go a long time without breeding a female uh, rhino or any other type of species, um, the odds of her being able to re- reproduce again are lowered. Um, yeah. So we try to, we're trying to, you know. Yeah. In, in general terms, keep Ayanna pregnant so, so so she can keep you know producing and as she would in the wild. Um, right. Absolutely. Oh, all right. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the half hour has just flown by here, and it it's hard does. to believe uh, it's already over. So, uh, final thoughts, uh, Shalini? Do you have anything uh, you want to encourage our listeners to talk uh, to do conservation-wise for animals? Um, yeah, I would say just keep coming back to the zoo. We always have new species and animals, and with that, it's a certain, especially where they're coming from, we're trying to protect a certain, you know, part of their land. Um, keep recycling and uh, bring in your cell phones, and if it's the little things you could do at home, just keep doing that as well, because it really does, over time, make a big impact. Well, that's good advice. Thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, we're out of time, so we'll see you next time on Saving Animals with Plank Park Zoo.